Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This guy is a machine. All he does is work out and pick winners. Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. Oregon's down by 12. They're on the 45-yard line with no timeouts. Oregon's got an all-American field goal kicker. Why didn't somebody tell me? Chicago Sports Betting Show. Touchdown, Ohio State. There are some folks who are celebrating and others who are saying, you've got to be kidding. You kind of know what I'm thinking about. Over or under? Under would be the key word. Bet with an edge. He'd find out the kind of inside stuff nobody else knew, and that's what he put his money on. He even figured out the different bounce you got off the different kinds of wood they used on college basketball courts, you know? Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. A friend of mine is very smart, said I've been very lucky with gambling. I've never won. Saturday mornings on 670 The Score and the Radio.com app. Well, 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 we haven't even hit the two-month mark here on Early Odds, and all signs point to legalized sports betting soon in our state. Next week, Illinois rep Michael Zalewski will be in studio for Early Odds. He was on the Mullion Haw Show on Friday if you want to check out the podcast. Before we get to Inside the Clubhouse at 9 o'clock, Randy Blum did the heavy lifting for the Superbook and their MLB numbers. He will be on the show. But first, Daniel Wallach, a gaming and sports betting attorney, joins me to let us know exactly when we're going to have sports betting in Illinois and what it's going to look like. He's on Twitter, at Wallach Legal. Daniel, Governor Pritzker, in his betting proposal, his sports betting proposal earlier this week, said it would be a $10 million license fee, a 20% gross sports betting tax, and 20 online mobile licenses in the state of Illinois. What is your reaction to what Pritzker had to say? Well, I mean, that underscores the fact that the governor has a a significant budgetary shortfall to fill in excess of a billion dollars, and he's earmarking uh, almost 200 million of that to come from legalized sports betting through license fees, another 200,000 approximately from legalized marijuana. So he's looking to the vices uh, to help shore up the budgetary deficit. And I think uh, 20 online licenses is a very positive step in the right direction. He's signaling support for legalized sports betting this year, as opposed to last year, when I think the legislature basically ran out of time at the end of May. I think that we'll get done this year if the stakeholders can find some agreement or consensus, and that's the big if. So when he mentions 20 online licenses, does that include the places that would be your brick-and-mortar spots? Uh, I mean, it could go either of two ways. In in New Jersey, every brick-and-mortar casino and racetrack is allowed up to three online websites. So the governor could endorse that kind of model whereby the websites 
are basically tethered to a land-based, you know, riverboat casino license, or the governor could just basically open up the marketplace and do something similar to what Massachusetts is proposing, that if you're an online website and you can qualify for a license, you get one, regardless of whether you're paired with a casino or a racetrack. So I'm not sure whether it's uh, going to be a mandatory coupling of online websites with casinos, or it's just going to be an open marketplace. Uh, That remains to be seen. A lot of people covering this have compared this to the Pennsylvania plan, what they pushed through. Why do we hear that comp so much? Uh, because the you know most of the tax rates that have been imposed in the first mover states have been in the neighborhood of ten percent, uh, with license application fees generally in the five figures or six figures. Pennsylvania is the highest taxing state for sports betting at uh, I believe it's thirty four percent, and the license fee for operators I believe is either ten million dollars or twenty million. So Governor Pritzker's, I guess, budget measure uh, presupposes a tax rate and a license fee that comes pretty close to the Pennsylvania baseline in terms of being almost the highest level of taxation and licensing in the country. But Pennsylvania will still have the highest, and that market is thriving right now. So uh, it doesn't mean that that's where it will end up. But the governor does envision a higher than average tax rate and a higher than average licensing fee. But by the time the the, the legislature gets involved and there's some horse trading and some negotiation, it's quite possible the tax rate will come back closer to 10 percent and maybe the license fees will be lower because no other state besides Pennsylvania has included anything that high in any of its laws or even the pending bills this year. So I think he needs to maybe over time get a better understanding of the marketplace because the margins for a sports book, whether it's land-based or online, are relatively small, you know, 5 to 6% profit margin. However, he does correctly understand that it is a high-volume business, and high volume will turn over significant profit, even at some of the lower profit margins. So I, I, I think they'll find the sweet spot. It may not be 20%, but there's still room for negotiation. We have almost four months left to go before the state legislative session draws to a close at the end of May, and the lawmakers will have a lot to say about this as well. Governor Prisker also brought up how important it was to be the first state in the Midwest to get this started here in the state of Illinois. From what you've heard, are there any other states throughout the Midwest even close? Uh, Of course. Uh, The governor would like to be the first state in the Midwest, but he's going to have some competition from Ohio. Indiana, and even Michigan. Michigan passed a sports betting bill at the end of last year that was vetoed by the governor. Uh, I believe Michigan will try again this year. And by the end of 2019, uh, I would expect at least two or three Midwestern states to have legal sports betting. The most likely prospects, in my opinion, are Ohio, Illinois, and Indiana. So the number's at eight throughout the country. By the end of 2019, how many states throughout the entire nation? Let me, let me put it to you this way. I'll put a finer point on it. I was at the Super Bowl uh, this past January. 
In only eight states could you legally bet on the Super Bowl. By this time next year, almost half the country will be legally wired to bet on the Super Bowl. No fewer than 18 states and potentially in the neighborhood of 25. It will, it will make a sizable leap forward in 2019-2020. Wow. What do you think the timeline for Illinois? I know you mentioned there's four months here. If you were guessing a month, where would you put your money? Uh, If the deadline is May 31st, just like any law school student cramming for a final exam, they'll take it up to the wire, make it happen, get the A-plus, pass a law. At the end of May, Governor Pritzker will sign it, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it will become implemented the next day. Ramping up the infrastructure, issuing licenses, applying for licenses, there will probably be a three to four month period of applying for licenses, reviewing them and becoming operational before the first bet is taken. So if this is done the right way, if they can get it done within the next two months, I could easily envision betting on NFL games at a Chicago Riverboat or Illinois Riverboat Casino. But if they wait until the last minute and it becomes a June deal, uh, it may not be until the middle of the NFL season that the first bets will be taken. But I'm highly confident uh, Chicagoans and Illinoisans, everybody all over the state will be able to legally bet on sports by the end of the 2019 calendar year. This is Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski on the line. Gaming law and sports betting attorney Daniel Wallach We hear stories from time to time, oh, look at the numbers in New Jersey, oh, the success, look how it's working out over there, close to the New York market, just money is pouring in, right? But we don't hear about a lot of the other states throughout the country, like Mississippi or elsewhere. Uh, How are they doing? Uh, Well, Mississippi is one of the first mover states. It legalized sports betting before the Supreme Court even ruled. The reason why you don't hear that much about the Magnolia State is that all the betting has to take place physically at a casino. There's no Internet or mobile betting. But uh, legal sports betting at the casinos in Mississippi has uh, basically given an economic shot in the arm to that entire industry. They're drawing the highest numbers, doing the best revenues that they've done in over 10 years. It's positively impacting other areas of the casino. More people are betting on dice games, slot machines. It has an effect positively on all aspects of the, of the gaming environment. A number of other states have seemed to have done well at right out of the gate are New Jersey, mainly because of the presence of online betting, which accounts for nearly 80% of the market. That's where the activity is right now. I think most consumers, most people who would casually bet on an event would rather not have to drive 20 minutes to a riverboat casino and would prefer to place a wager from their mobile device at home. So I think the trend in the next wave of states is for mobile betting to be a significant part of the environment. And the notion that you can only go to a casino to bet is somewhat antiquated, and I believe states that do retail or land-based only are going to be forfeiting um, basically 75 to 80 percent of the potential upside. Dan, this week Bloomberg had a story that mentioned that the Cubs are investors in the Action Network, and in the past couple of years we've heard about MLB saying, hey, uh, there should be an integrity fee. Do you see any issues with the Cubs investing in a sports betting website? One that covers sports betting. From my measure, it's attenuated. It would be a different story entirely if the Chicago Cubs were investing in, you know, Caesars or William Hill. Having money in a um, in a platform that provides information about sports betting, I think, is too far removed. Personally, I think the integrity fee would be a good idea 
because in Illinois, the presence of the professional sports leagues and the strong collegiate presence, I think, brings a significant lobbying force to the table. And they're going to want a royalty because with expanded sports betting, there will be expanded risk and additional expense, and they create the product. And let's not forget that without these sporting events, there would be no betting on them. And uh, if, if you look to horse racing as an analogy, all the off-track betting sites have to pay the originator, the host track, a percentage of the handle for having created the betting content. So I believe the NBA and Major League Baseball are on to something, and they're getting pushback in a number of jurisdictions. Uh, but this year, I think in New York, there'll be an integrity fee. Uh, Connecticut looks pretty good. I think it's going to go state by state by state, but I can make a very strong argument, a policy argument, that a league which creates the entire content on which betting occurs will bear additional expense and additional risk from more sports betting should get some kind of direct economic benefit from the activity other than the occasional sponsorship. Mm. It's a different perspective, and uh, we always like to hear that. Dan, I'm sure we'll be talking again in these next four months as we get closer and closer to the end of May. Joe, I'm looking forward to it. Thank you for having me on, and uh, good luck with your program. Uh, I wish you the best of success. Superb information from Daniel Wallach, a sports betting attorney. Now we shift gears. Let's talk baseball win totals, World Series odds, and some other MLB props with a supervisor at the Superbook out in Las Vegas, Randy Blum. Just like Jeff Blum, he's on Twitter at Sportsbook Randy. Randy, were you guys waiting to get some sort of indication on where Machado and Harper were going to sign before posting all these numbers? You did a great job. I saw them all come out on a Sunday, and then, of course, late on Tuesday morning, right after you guys post everything, we finally get the Machado news. Yeah, I mean, we were hoping to get some information before we went up, but, you know, it gets to a certain point where, you want, you want to put your stuff out. So we made the decision to use the 17th, uh, and we decided that was going to be the day, whether they had signed or not. So we kind of factored in where we thought they might go into the numbers that we had, and we'll, we'll just adjust on the fly and, uh, and adjust as we need to as we go. Okay, so the news comes out, $300 million, Machado to the Padres. How did that signing impact win totals, World Series, and division odds? With the win total on the Padres, we had opened 76 and a half. Our first move after we heard about the signing was we went to 79 and a half, but eventually we settled on 78 and a half. So basically two wins, we moved them. Baseball is a little different than other sports, say like basketball. You know, LeBron leaves the Cavs to go to the Lakers, and that's a huge impact for both teams in terms of wins, divisions, other types of stuff. But baseball is a little different. You can't win with just one player. So, I mean, Machado is a very nice piece for them to start bringing up their younger talent or put them around him. But, you know, it doesn't immediately pay dividends. won't show this year as much as it will in the future. So we went up two wins on that. World Series, again, our initial move, uh, we had them 80-1. to 1. We initial move was down to 50-1, to 1, and then we kind of settled on 60-1. to 1. And what did it do to the White Sox numbers? The White Sox are interesting because a lot of people were surprised that we didn't immediately bump them up. Uh, more than we did. Uh, we opened the White Sox 76 and a half, and our initial move uh, after we learned about Machado was just to lower them by one win down to 75 and a half. We're currently at 74 and a half because uh, we've been taking a lot of money on them under 
you know, people reacting to Machado signing with the Padres. We still like the White Sox young talent. I, I expect Giolito to have a much better season this year. I think Moncada will have a better season this year, and they'll start to bring along some of their other kids. So we didn't feel the need to go too low. And there are multiple reports. White Sox are out on Harper, including from our very own Bruce Levine. The Nationals owner comes out and says, hey, we've moved on at this point. We haven't heard from Harper in a couple of months. What have you done to prepare yourself for a Harper signing? Yeah, basically, when we put out our numbers, whether it be win totals or even back all the way when we initially put up the World Series odds uh, in October, we kind of tried to think where he might go. And uh, certainly returning to the Nats was always a possibility, but uh, we've always had the Phillies as the favorite to land him. They have a ton of money to spend. Uh, The owner pretty much said they intend to spend it. And trading for Real Muto only um, makes the team more attractive. So some of it was already factored into our original numbers. We were staying a little low on them for the World Series, staying a little high on them for win total. If he does sign, we'll we'll probably adjust a little more, but some of it is already built into what we have. This is Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski speaking with Randy Blum, the sportsbook supervisor at the Superbook out in Las Vegas. Randy behind all the uh, baseball numbers that they posted about a week ago. And we talked about the White Sox being 74.5 for the win total. And then it's interesting, all all these Cubs storylines, they're well aware that Pakota has them finishing in last place in the NL Central. Fangraph says, "Uh uh-uh, we project them in first place. Where did you guys put this number? We opened the Cubs 89.5. I I don't know where that Pakota projection came from. Obviously, I know it's a computer thing and had some success over the years predicting a lot of teams and a lot of people respect it and I'm one of those people I respect it as well but you know I'm just not buying the Cubs being a last place team this year we have them winning that division we had them as a slight favorite when we opened to win the division you know they're neck and neck with the Cardinals we really like the Cardinals this year we opened the Cubs 89 and a half on their win total we're down to 89 we've been getting some money under basically because of all the promotion that uh, the Pakota projection has been getting we've had a few under bets on on the Cubs Wow, uh, Cubs win total going down. I don't know if I've ever seen that. Uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, it's it's just a reaction to what people are watching, you know, on the MLB network, wherever else, um, where they keep flashing this thing nonstop on the screen. The Cubs projected to finish in last. They had, what do they have them? I think 79 wins. Well, we're not buying it. You know, we opened the win total at 89 and a half. The Cardinals are a much improved team, and they're just a notch below the Cubs, but we still have the Cubs as the favorite to win the division. And I was also a little surprised to see the World Series number move down a bit. Where do you stand right now? Uh, right now we have the Cubs at 12-1 to 1 to win the World Series. We opened them at 10-1 to 1 back in October, uh, so we're at 12 now. It really is not a reflection that we've, you know, we're down on the Cubs by increasing their odds. It's just that some of the other teams... Uh, Like I said, mainly the Cardinals. We see them kind of neck and neck with the Cubs. And, you know, the other teams, you know, like the Phillies, like I mentioned earlier, we wanted to stay a little low on them because we do expect them to sign Harper. So, you know, we still have the Cubs at 12-1, to which uh, puts them at about the the fifth-best odds, I believe. So we we, we haven't lost faith in the Cubs like uh, some of these projections. Any other notable bets coming in on World Series, pennant, or win totals? One thing that was kind of interesting recently was we had one of the groups out here that we respect a lot has actually been betting the Diamondbacks. Uh, bet them for the World Series, for the division, over on their win total. And um, we, we really respect these guys, but I, I just can't understand where they're coming from on this. I look at the Diamondbacks, 
and it, it just has the make of a, a long year to me. Yeah, I know they still have Zach Granke, but obviously they lost their best pitcher in uh, Corbin, and they also lost their best offensive player in Goldschmidt when they traded him away. And, uh, you know, it just looks like they're trying to lose this year by rebuilding. I don't understand where those bats were coming from, but uh, like I said, we do respect those guys, so it's kind of interesting. Randy, that was not the team I thought you were going to say. I thought there was going to be someone in the middle of the pack, maybe a little bit of a dark horse there. They went to the bottom there with the Diamondbacks. Yeah, like I said, it's, uh, you know, we were talking about it in the back here the other day. Sometimes you can disagree with a bet, but you kind of understand where they're coming from. But with this one, we we just can't figure it out. Nobody who was involved in making these numbers likes the Diamondbacks at all this year. Uh, but, you know, these guys do. And like I said, we do respect them. So we um, we definitely did move it off their bet. Randy, over at the Superbook, you also posted yes, no for every team in baseball. Uh, where are the Cubs and White Sox yes, no odds? We have the Cubs as a pick to make the playoffs. You know, like I said, we have them as a very slight favorite for the division. But it is a lot of teams in the National League who have the possibility to be wildcard teams as well. The Cardinals are, you know, just a notch below the Cubs in our opinion. Brewers, obviously, after last year are right there. But the NL East as well is very stacked this year. So even though we do have the Cubs as the favorite to win the division, we only have them as a pick to make the playoffs. White Sox, we open. Will they make the playoffs? Uh, no, minus $14. Yes, plus $8. And uh, basically that hasn't changed, even though they didn't get Machado. So uh, we don't expect them to make the playoffs this year. Uh, and that was already built into the number. We didn't expect them to make the playoffs, uh, even if they did get Machado. So that's where that number comes from. All right. So just about even money there for the Cubs. Uh, yes or no to make the playoffs. Now, also the home run and pitching wins prop. I bet there was some value a year ago in Chris Davis with 48 homers and Blake Snell picking up 21 victories. Any notable action on those props? Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um We've been seeing a lot of money on both. Uh, Chris Davis for the most home runs and Blake Snell uh, for the most wins. You know, that's kind of how it goes with anything, really, anything that we book here. When people see that they've done it before, they, uh, of course, think they can do it again. But, you know, it's not that easy, obviously. I mean, especially to win 21 games. I mean, that was uh, came out of nowhere last year with uh, Blake Snell. Everyone knew he had potential, but to lead the league in wins uh, kind of sh- took us by surprise. And then, of course, we're getting money on the usual guys as well. J.D. Martinez, we've taken a bunch of bets on him. Uh, Mike Trout, of course, we've taken a bunch of bets. Aaron Judge. Uh, the pitching's a little more interesting. We've been taking a lot of bets on Walker Bueller. was one guy we've taken a lot of money on. Uh, and Luis Severino, uh, we've taken a lot of money on. And Corey Kluber. So they kind of stayed away from Sale and Scherzer this year, which is I thought was interesting. You know, given that they were the two favorites when we opened this thing, usually the general public likes to bet the favorites, but they're staying away from the two favorites on on that one. The thing that's interesting about Bueller, too, is I haven't read anything or been able to find anything um, yet this year about whether or not they might still limit his innings this year. Uh, I know they did last year, so I, I assume that he'll be able to go for a full season this year, but nowadays the way these guys uh, bring these pitchers along so slowly, you just never know. Any money coming in on Bryant, Baez, anybody from Chicago? Chris Bryant, we opened at 60 to 1 for the most home runs. He's now up wow. to 80 to 1. Uh, no real reason for that. You know, sometimes we have to lower other guys, so we just raise some. He's a guy that we don't expect a lot of action on right now, given uh, the way his season went last year. 
Kyle Schwarber's another guy. We opened 60 to 1. He's up to 100 to 1 now. As far as the White Sox guys, we actually have Eloy Jimenez listed. Even though we're not 100% sure when he'll come up, we were pretty sure it'll be at the end of April after that date passes. So we opened him 200 to 1, and uh, that's uh, still where we're at with him on the uh, most home runs. Pitching wins, we also have a couple of guys listed from Chicago. Uh, we opened John Lester 80 to 1, and uh, he's currently 80 to 1. Hasn't, we haven't really taken much action on him as of yet. We also have Cole Hamels at the same price, 80 to 1, currently 80 to 1 as well. Neither one of those guys have taken too much action on him. I did list uh, Giolito again this year, even though he had a pretty rough uh, season last year. We opened him 100 to 1. He's up to 200 to 1 now. Uh, he's not one of the guys we've been taking money on at all, so we felt like we could go a little higher on him. But I, I actually do like Giolito. I think he's uh, going to have a much better season this year than last year. Randy Blum, he was behind all the work on the baseball numbers over at the Superbook. If you missed any of this week's episode of Early Odds, I highly recommend you check out the podcast on 670thescore.com, also on my feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music. I'll be tweeting those links out at Joe0670. Next week, state rep Michael Zalewski will be in studio, the guy putting together a sports betting bill. Inside the clubhouse with Bruce Levine and Matt Spiegel is next. I'm Joe Ostrowski. I will talk to you next Saturday morning at 8.30 on Early Odds. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.